welcome to the Breast Cancer Podcast. I am breast surgeon, Dr. Deepa Hala Harvey. And I'm Monica Brooks, and we're both breast cancer survivors. We are here to talk about all things breast cancer. From surgery to survivorship, we know firsthand the challenges and questions a breast cancer diagnosis brings. We're here to tackle topics that impact our lives. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to our very first podcast. We are so excited to be here. It's myself and Dr. Deepa Hala Harvey kicking off episode number one. So I figure for our first episode, we'll just do some introductions. Now, Dr. Deepa, you talked about being a breast surgeon and a breast cancer survivor. Which one came first? That's a really good question. I was a breast surgeon before I was a survivor. So tell me why a doctor? So I wanted to be a doctor since age five. My parents migrated to the United States from India in the late 1980s. My father was an electrical engineer and his only dream was for his kids to get great education and to become successful. They told us to dream big, work hard and always be honest. And I remember my father telling me constantly, whatever job you do, you have to be great at it. So your parents were immigrants from India and you wanted to go to college, I'm sure that probably posed some difficulties for them and getting you through school. How did you manage to do that? My parents could not afford my college tuition. So I trained as an LPN, a licensed practical nurse after high school and worked as an LPN at night. And I went to school during the day to get my bachelor's. And sadly, a few years later, my dad suffered a hemorrhagic stroke during a surgery to remove his brain tumor, a benign meningioma. He remained bedridden and quadriplegic for 16 years. While my family and I helped take care of him, I enrolled in the local physician assistant school and worked as a physician assistant for almost two years in Wichita, Kansas, before I went to medical school in Kansas City. So even through ups and downs of my life, I never forgot my father's words to dream big, and I stayed true to my dream of becoming a physician. So how long have you been a breast surgeon now? So I graduated medical school 13 years ago in Kansas City. And now here you are in Ohio. Yeah, I started working as a breast surgeon in Columbus, Ohio. How has the words of your father impacted you and your life and your career as a breast surgeon? Unfortunately, my father passed away six and a half years ago, but I never forgot his words to be best at my job. I prayed and I asked God, how could I best serve my patients? So I always say the answer came in the form of my own breast cancer diagnosis. And so after being a breast surgeon for about eight months, I faced my own breast cancer diagnosis on March 27th, 2015, due to a screening mammogram. So you're a breast surgeon for eight months and then you receive your cancer diagnosis. Like that blows my mind. What was going through your head? I had denial followed by anger. Why me? Why now? I was just starting my career. I had put my life on hold to get through school while taking care of my father and my family. I wanted to do a lot of things and that wasn't the list of things or the box that I had that I would check off. No one ever plans on getting the diagnosis of breast cancer. So you and I both are now a statistic. 
we are the one in eight women who will be diagnosed with breast cancer. How does that affect you and how you deal with breast cancer patients? I often tell my residents and medical students and fellows who work with me, when we quote the statistics, they're just not just numbers, they're real people out there. And sometimes we forget that in training because we are so used to reading the research articles and papers. And we always quote these numbers as though it happens elsewhere, but these are real people. I also learned how to persevere through adversities in life. And I, I cannot tell you how blessed and privileged I feel to do what I get to do every single day. I get, you know, I wake up and I go to work. And this is something I have to re keep reminding myself, even on those tough days where I'm working 12, 14 hours a day. It doesn't really feel like a job to me. I'm excited to get out of bed and go to work. So I remember when I was first diagnosed and you were my breast surgeon, that's how we initially met. I Googled the heck out of your name yeah. <laughs> to find out more about you. One of the videos I ran across was when you gave the graduation commencement talk Yeah. and everything you said in there was speaking to me. And I remember you saying yeah. that your patients are more than a statistic. Yeah, we are more than a statistic and how important that was to you. And I felt your empathy through that. And I just felt like you and I were meant to come together and align our paths to help other people yeah. because I just connected with you at that moment. And I was so yeah. thankful at that moment that you are my breast surgeon. So what about you, Monica? What's your story? Well, like you, I was out just living my best life. Everything was going really, really well. And I felt a lump underneath my arm and I put it off. <laughs> like some people do my age, you don't think about breast cancer and that could possibly be breast cancer. Cancer was not on my radar at all. So the longer I put it off, the bigger my tumor grew. And by the time I went in for a mammogram, I was already at stage three. And let me tell you, that was the biggest mistake of my life, not having body awareness and taking the time to really take care of my health. So cancer really humbled me because I felt like I was a healthy person. And I'm sure a lot of other survivors feel that way. You feel like you're doing all of the right things, but then cancer finds a way to sneak in and grow. But this is how we came together because the day I went in for my mammogram, I also had a magnified mammogram and an ultrasound and you were in the same building and your MA worked her way to get me in and to be seen by you. I remember meeting you, but I also remember that that day was a complete blur. So much information and based on what you said, we felt when we left, we were pretty confident that it was breast cancer. And then the next day, I was surprised to get a phone call from you, from your personal cell phone. In the evening, we had just returned from trick-or-treating, and you said to give you a call back. And when I did, you confirmed that it was breast cancer. One of the things I love about you being my breast surgeon is that you're so easily accessible. Like, you gave me your cell phone number, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that you do this to can tell you how many times my patients have been so grateful that they could just text me or ask me, like call me. And rather than then going through answering service, and if I'm not on call, it will be my partner who will answer the phone and the partner have no, no idea, you know, like it saves so much anxiety. And I think just to having the comfort of they can reach me at any time, I really don't have, and you know, breast cancer patients are just very unique and just very grateful population in general. So I never have really patients abuse it. 
uh, and I've done that even before, but I'm like more purposeful now. So, and I know it helps. It's like having this extra security blanket in our back pocket. Should we ever have the need to text you when it is an emergency? And I've always been very hesitant and, you know, try to be mindful of, is it too early in the morning, too late at night? Is it on the weekend? And I'm sure other patients are respectful as well. I think that's one of the things that makes you so great is because you get it. You are super empathetic to what we go through as a cancer patient. Okay, so what can listeners expect from this podcast? Yeah, so I think there's a number of great things that listeners can take away, take messages that they can take away from this podcast. We will talk to specialists in medical oncology or the chemo doctors, plastic surgeons who do plastic reconstructive surgery, radiation oncology, We'll talk to survivorship experts, and we'll also look into how you would manage symptoms of chemo brain, uh, menopausal side effects, sexual problems as a result of chemotherapy and surgery and body image, obesity and the role that plays with cancer and the recurrence of cancer, our fear of recurrence of cancer. We'll talk about how to care for the caregiver because that's really important. Your caregiver is a co-survivor. So they need help as well, because this is the first time they're navigating through this uh, aspect of life. The cost and cancer, that's something that's not talked about very much, but we'll investigate into cost and how possibly these resources that one can go into to, uh, to help with the cost of cancer. Well, you're definitely speaking my language as a survivor as well. Um, talk about a little bit about the emotional piece. I'm already, I'm always very intrigued about the emotional aspect of breast cancer and, you know, making a message out of your mess, you know, take your mess and making it into a message. Robin Roberts talks about that, that a lot. Those are just some of the topics. The sky is the limit. And that's what's exciting about this. And we learn so much through a diagnosis. Absolutely. And I've always said that this is a lifelong diagnosis. It isn't just life after cancer. You go on. It really is life after treatment. And we want to cover everything from the beginning all the way to survivorship because survivorship is one of those things that isn't talked about enough and it needs more attention on how do we really learn how to thrive after treatment. So if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, send us a direct message on Instagram. Our handle is the Breast Cancer Podcast. We'll be monitoring that regularly. We look forward to hearing from you and you being here with us as we go over everything from surgery to survivorship. Thank you for listening to the Breast Cancer Podcast. Until next time, everyone.